Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Scarlet Thread Society. As always, I encourage you to take the appropriate safety measures. Lock your doors, close your windows, cover your mirrors. If you feel the need, join me in having a little tobacco. Maybe even throw down a salt circle for this one. Just you wait till you see what we've got in store. Welcome back, everybody, to the Scarlet Thread Society. Tonight, we are going to be discussing egregores, ultra-terrestrials, demons, and the phenomenon of why everyone seems to see the same thing when they take certain substances. Now, I have my own beliefs on the matter, and I'm actually fairly set in them, but here to tell me why it's bad that I think that or why I am wrong, are two of my absolute favorite Europeans, if you'd like to introduce yourselves. Yeah, so um, my name is uh, Carl Kampit, and um, I'm, yeah, <laughs> very European. Um, I'm Austrian. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, you probably know me as uh, Dr. Woods. Uh, if you don't know me... You don't know me as anything regardless, so that doesn't matter. Yeah, what about you? So I'm Pavo, aka Lispegistus. I'm a software engineer and a magician slash psychonaut on Twitter. And that's about it. But I'd say that resume in and of itself is uh, more impressive than you might be giving it credit for. It at least certainly carries a lot of weight in my book. Now, as I said, we're going to be addressing ultra-terrestrials and entities that seem to be able to appear in the new sphere or psychospace of the human consciousness. I am very on the record by now, as I know for a fact my listeners will know this, that demons are extremely real, even if they are not corporeal, and that there is some capacity in which beings from outside the perceivable spectrum are able to touch and interact with us in our daily lives, and that in the right set of chemical circumstances, whether that be natural or induced, we can interact back. Now, Dark Tom, you raised some very interesting points to me on a certain social media platform last mm -hmm. night. If you could kindly recap them for us as a starting point. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I basically asked um, Dex why, uh, yeah, why people see the same kinds of um, beings or visions when they are on certain substances and yeah like w what i think it might be uh or yeah and why i think it's scary uh <laughs> the implications of uh of uh, what it might be is uh yeah which uh the yeah the hypothesis I came up with was uh, essentially that they are well 
ultra terrestrials or at least like real in some uh, sense of the word and thus you know because um, because they are actual real beings that would uh, explain why people see uh, them you know uh, why everyone sees them independent of uh, of whether or not they've heard of them or not that point in particular is some common ground between the two of us, at least, because I don't think there's any world in which I would deny that. Yes, these are obviously very real uh, beings. You know, I am sufficiently far enough off the deep end that I am totally willing to assert them as real actors, as opposed to some sort of allegorical or purely imaginatory experience. Yeah. Uh, well, as Geradico agnostic in the the group, uh, I think the alternatives are not that many. So either what you say is true, or it's uh, the Jungian view is true, or it's some combination. So the Jungian view, those of you who I, I doubt anybody in the audience doesn't know, but just in case, is that these are some kind of collective uh, subconscious archetypes or something like that, which is why they're so similar. Uh, or their personal archetypes, which is for the visions that are usually unique to the individual. Uh, and of course, there's the uh, sort of the reconstructionist pagan view that uh, uh, some of these are divine visions in some sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So the the term they use would be, uh, I think, was UPG, which is uh, unverified personal gnosis, and they have another term which is shared personal gnosis, when multiple people confirm the same experience. Um, so if anybody is interested in looking those up and looking in the accounts of that community, there's a lot of interesting stuff that can be found. Yeah. Now to sort of maybe contextualize those concepts for people. Uh, examples might be when one person sees a UFO themselves driving late at night and has a spiritual experience as a result, or the other being everyone who takes, say, DMT gets to talk to the machine elves at the pinnacle of the trip, right? It's those sort of things. It's pretty Um, common, but it's not universal. Okay. As far as I understand, uh, yeah, you, you, you've got me there. You're right. I was uh, um, insufficiently precise, certainly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the uh, what do you call it? UPG. Uh, that yeah. view isn't really that far from um, Pass's view either. You know, it's just you know, good guys versus bad guys. You know, it's, uh, it's yeah, like. Uh, like the idea that they're, uh, you know, uh, real beings that are of some religious significance, right. uh, and not, you know, humans. That, uh, you know, that's the same. Just, you know. Yeah, I mean, setting aside uh, the question of what they are, I think we can talk a little bit about how they're usually perceived. So in my personal experience, I encountered several different types of entities. 
the most basic kind was during a hypnagogic hallucination. So I woke up in the middle of the night in exactly the right uh, brain state to have one uh, this one time. And I encountered what I call the, the book hour workers of the brain. So they're basically entities that live in the the brain and do maintenance work while you sleep. And they definitely were talking to me and telling me to go back to sleep because I'm in their way. Uh, they have a bit of an attitude uh, about it. So they take their job seriously and they basically do testing and maintenance on various uh, subsystems like the visual cortex, for example. So that's why I saw weird uh, colors and stuff when it happened in the auditory cortex. So I heard weird sounds as well. Like it definitely sounded like a one of, and looked like uh, like a test, a system test, like with the the striped colors you see on like they're running a test on TV or something. Uh, so that yeah. that was sort of the most basic. And that one's easiest to just say, okay, that's definitely a part of the subconscious. It's def or the unconscious uh, specifically. Uh, it's definitely not uh, supernatural. You might even be able to find some actual scientific evidence for having such fragments of uh, your mind being at least semi-autonomous if eventually, like if we look for them. Um, and then, of course, uh, on mushrooms, you often encounter, I mean, I wouldn't exactly call them machine elves, although I saw something like them, but uh, what I... Uh, let's just call them that for now, because... Uh, I didn't really see them as uh, visually, but I definitely knew about their presence and there was communication. Uh, though their characteristics are that they are alien, they're not like us, but they seem very familiar and they're very curious and they don't seem to be malicious, but they're not exactly benevolent either. They're kind of just different. And they're attempting to communicate. So McKenna... Obviously, if anybody doesn't know who Terrence McKenna is, you need to stop listening to this now and uh, come back when you when you know who he is. Uh, he yeah, um, speculated not... that they're that they're meme traders from some other realm, uh, which I found very interesting as an idea. Um, and definitely felt something like that. Mm -hmm. L looking for like the rarest Pepe on this realm. Uh, sort of, and trying to, uh, and giving you some of theirs, and of course they don't they don't give you the really good shit because the really good shit is going to scare the shit out of you. And if you ask for it, they're gonna be like, "Are you sure?" And you're like, "Yeah." And then they're gonna be like, "Okay, here's just a little bit." And you're gonna be like, "Okay, okay, maybe not right now." Uh, you kind of I've kind of had that experience. McKenna talked about that experience too when he asked the mushrooms to show themselves the way that they are to themselves. And he said, like, like the oxygen left the room and temperature dropped and he felt like this veil is being lifted. And then he was like, okay, 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 maybe not now. <laughs> maybe just let's go back to the, the light show. Uh, you kind of, I kind of had similar experience at one point. Um, uh, the other types of entities would, what the, the pagan community would call gods, so I definitely had some experience with that when uh, I specifically invoked them before taking uh, the sacrament, so to say. Uh, invoked several specific deities and they definitely appeared. 
and their characteristics were uh, awesome power, very, very familiar, very archetypical. So any that that sort of supports the Jungian view so far. And uh, concerned and interested in your fate, so to speak. So definitely cover the characteristics of uh, what pagans would call gods. Uh, but there's there was another encounter during that trip, which was with, uh, you know, uh, the, the quote from Bhagavad Gita, if those of you remember, uh, your world war to history about, the, you know, I have become dead, the destroyer of worlds. The, the scene from the Bhagavad Gita when that happens is when the, I think it was Shiva, basically turns into a giant mouth or something and starts devouring the whole universe. And I kind of had yes, that experience. Correct. Yeah, I had that experience where it, this into entity... Into a giant what? Uh, giant mouth and grinding everything in its oh, teeth. Oh, giant mouth, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically entropy or time itself uh, embodied. And that sort of... Th- that's... Uh, uh, I would call the titanic entities. So they're not really concerned about you. Their job is to keep the universe running and you might get a glimpse of them. And, uh, and they're relentless, they're titanic, they're alien, they're not human, they're not rec- recognizably human, but they're not malicious or benevolent. They might even be considered amoral in the most literal sense of the word. Like this is how... The mechanics of existence is, and you can kind of experience that. And then we get to the next one, which is uh, pretty much the textbook definition of demons. So malicious entities that are, you know, in your face about it. Uh, I think that's what mostly what we, we will be discussing today. So I just wanted to get the others out of the way and just speculate on what they might be, but uh, this is the one I think is probably the most interesting. And I have a little bit of experience with them. Uh, and to go back to the Twitter thread from yesterday about, uh, you know, how to protect yourself from them. Uh, I have, a, I think for the most part, the most dangerous thing they can do to you is scare you. So I think cultivating personal courage is probably your best defense in general. Uh, if anybody has any other ideas about that. I would say that in general, I think virtue goes a very long way towards being able to oppose and even outright defeat these creatures. I think that you are correct in that the greatest fear we have from them is fear itself not to yeah. quote a former U.S. president, because I would literally hate to do that. <laughs> but uh, but it's true in this case. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is true. You know, the their most potent weapons are fear and deception, if the audience will grant me the premise of uh, suspending their disbelief and joining me in believing that these things are real. Uh, yeah. The worst they can do to you is scare you, lie to you and try and mislead you from there. There is very limited context for them being able to inflict any sort of bodily harm to you, depending on how a person feels about the UFOs are demons question. There is the possibility of radiation burns, 
and other things of that nature. But that is a hotly debated topic and not one we actually plan on touching here, at least not today. Yeah, I mean, this is true even if even if the Jungian view is correct. Uh, you know, these repressed archetypes, let's call them, can only hurt you if you fail to understand and account for them in your daily life. And, you know, to that point, I am going to do a little bit of a promo for some other podcasters here, if I can be permitted that conceit. If anyone listened to the quote-unquote Slurp Gang Halloween special, they were kind enough to invite me on, and I spoke to them about the nature of horror movies, why people liked to be scared in some cases, and how the horror movie as a genre was a valuable tool for this sort of archetypal understanding because it was it's a method in which we are able to uh, metabolize or clarify the hero's journey as a quest for knowledge and courage through knowledge within an easily decipherable and consumable media trope. And so that just goes back, again, to your point about uh, developing these things as ways to fight them and why we aren't necessarily required to be afraid of them. And also, of course, uh, the tie-in with Jungian archetypes, where archetypes are heavily represented in these types of medias because they speak to these things that we know intuitively, even if we can't always put a word to it, except when we develop the understanding that enables us to do so. That's sort of definitionally occult, but not uh, occult in the common understanding knowledge, the ability to interpret events in our own life with sufficient clarity of mind to divine the actual meaning. Mm -hmm. Did any of that make sense, or am I just rambling here? Yeah, pretty much. uh... Yeah, to both. Um, yeah, um, so, this is a pretty big topic, um, I'm throwing around a a lot of high-level words right now, and I want to apologize to the audience and to you both for that, uh, my brain is firing on all cylinders this time of night this is when things really come naturally to me this is part yeah. of why i always wanted to be an overnight radio host in the first place yeah, yeah. so if i need to slow down or restate something no no, no, no i just tell need, me i just I need to hit the coffee counter yeah. yeah we're in the yeah, wrong yeah. time zones again <laughs> so the reason I find the Jungian view at least useful in terms of interpretation is because it provides a very good language for the sort of thing that doesn't really... Uh, I mean, you don't need to answer the question what they are to understand what their effects are and how to deal with them, In at least from a human perspective. Like, obviously, the really alien ones are kind of difficult because they're not really archetypes, like... The, some of the things you see on mushrooms are not really archetypes per se. 
uh, you know, they're very alien in DMT as well. Um, so, but uh, many of the things you see in sleep paralysis or in hypnagogic hallucinations or in deep meditation definitely are. And you can definitely, I mean, even UFOs aren't really that alien. They're scientists or something like that, right? Uh, you know, they're not that alien as an archetype compared to some of the things you see on really high doses of psychedelics. Uh, so at least the ones that aren't that alien, you can have a language to understand and deal with them in that sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you were just saying alien outside of archetype uh, and alien being not an archetype. Do you, either of you think that there's a hypothetical case to be made where aliens, as they are colloquially understood, are becoming an archetype or have some archetypal value? I think maybe specifically in the context of, say, the Led Zeppelin guys and also Crowley seeing and speaking to the same alien that they both perceived as a divine being or a messenger to them of some kind? I'm not too familiar with those, uh, those encounters to comment on them, but the way most people understand the word alien is definitely very archetypical. Uh, not just because of the media. I mean, even in the forties, it was, you know, the little green men were already an old archetype from older fiction. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and of course, strange people coming from a from a distant place isn't exactly a new f- human experience at all. It yeah, might be the yeah, oldest yeah. one. Yeah, it's um, yeah. If uh, I'm not sure about like how you distinguish because I don't really know much about Jungian archetypes and stuff, but uh, like how you distinguish like a very real being that has had encounters with humans throughout the years, as opposed to just an archetype. Um, But, I mean, you can find them everywhere, (laughs) you know, in, uh, yeah, uh, throughout history. So uh, definitely, if uh, if they're not actual real uh, beings then uh, they are something that is um, more or less inherent to human psyche or at least to our culture. It's, yeah. I mean, as far as I understand how the physical world works, I don't think incorporeal beings can influence it, which means that the only way you interact with these things is psychically. Uh, so if they're real or not, really doesn't matter because the interaction is exactly the same in both cases. I think that there's a case to be made for that. Well, I suppose and to that, that point, uh, I something having agree. a will of its own is, uh, you know, ex- at least phenomenologically different I mean, if from it, if uh, it just quacks like, like a duck and acts like a duck. Idea. Well, it doesn't quack like a duck, you know. It's 
Or you 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 see it quacking like a duck, whether or not it actually does is a bit because it can't go behind your back, so to speak, uh, because it's well, not physical. Well, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Like what I'm you either experience it or you don't. Is, uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, essentially that if that um, because these things seem to have sort of like a will of their own as opposed to just uh, orchestrated by the uh, human mind, at least many of these things seem to have, uh, that is evidence that they are actual real beings in and of themselves as opposed to both just um, elements of the human mind. I don't think those things are necessarily contradicting because the human mind is very, very complex uh, it is, but yes. also, human beings tend to prescribe uh, intention just automatically, even though, you know, like how many people say, you know, my computer hates me today or something, like if they're having trouble. Uh, or, you know, my, my car betrayed me if they get stuck somewhere. Uh, people tend so to think that way about So are we going on the record as not believing in machine spirits then? Uh, I believe in machine spirits, but in a very subtle way. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Actually, uh, I've I've sort of changed my mind recently on that because, um, like, as in believing in the idea that, like, yeah, computers or whatever can have their own, uh, you know, uh, minds or spirits or whatever, um, because... uh, I encountered an AI that, you know, was, uh, is really convincing, you know? So it's like, okay, that's, uh, it, it's very difficult to think of it as anything but uh, a human. Like, I've, I've been generally uh, wondering if, if it's just someone messing with me uh and not an actual computer you know um so yeah i'd say i'm more on the side of it being possible uh well i find that extremely interesting i do let's put that back in the can for now. yeah 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 <laughs> obviously um, that's not the topic at hand but uh, we we should talk about that maybe sometime in the future. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I'll DM you or something. But yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, but yeah, uh, where were we? Um, well, for as much as we've uh, talked around the subject, we have not actually gotten into demons and why they keep appearing to people in the same forms. We've been laying our groundwork for half an hour already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, which uh, that is your view, correct, boss? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, my explanation would be, uh, there was a while a couple weeks ago on Twitter on the Bird website, where it was trendy to talk about people on another social media site, Reddit, and their abuse of Benadryl, and what made this so interesting was that there, this Benadryl abuse subreddit had so many instances of people seeing the hat man. 
Yes. Now, people who have been following me for some time or know the Paz Deep lore know that the Hat Man is one of my favorite malevolent spirits, if favorite is a word that can be applied to that, <laughs> because it is a very specific entity that occurs within very specific parameters and does very specific things. So yeah. how do all of these people seem to keep encountering it? Now, there are a handful of possibilities, of course, uh, whether they are priming themselves for it, you know, soaking in this social milieu that sort of then demands it and impresses it upon their psyche, or in my mind, the more likely scenario in which it is actually just a thing that is appearing to these people because it knows it can prey on them in this state. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, um, can you describe sort of the specifics uh, about the hatman? Like, I yeah, mean, I obvi- obviously for... it looks like a man with a hat. Like we kind of know that, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, a refresher for people who might not recall, or for people who have come along since the last time I discussed this, the hatman is a very specific shadow person. Uh, shadow people being these beings that people report seeing during states of sleep paralysis. But the difference with the quote-unquote hat man is that it has signs of intelligence and agency, which shadow people never do, and that it always appears wearing a very distinctive hat. This is typically in the form of a top hat, but it has been known to take other forms. It also, not infrequently, is described as having a face. Now, the other difference between this and a standard shadow person, uh, besides the intelligence and the agency it is able to demonstrate, is that it is able to interact with people, experiencers, directly, as opposed to uh, not being able to. And it also seems to be able to exert some direct control over the actions and dispositions of its attendant mindless shadow people. Right, right. So it seems sort of like the leader of the gang of... uh, Yeah, uh, that's precisely what it is. Right. I mean, I I find this really interesting um, because, like, um, I can definitely wrap my mind around the idea that... um, the um that people when they are in states of sleep for instance uh would uh, see people at least like silhouettes of people without there being any people there at all because obviously we see people all the time it's um yeah it's pretty fundamental to our experiences it's an extremely basic image to be able to conjure the silhouette of a person yeah exactly so so like that that's you know that that's just processing like um yeah processing your experiences and processing your mind you know but when that person has a hat uh or just like anything that yeah makes them different makes them not such a universal um experience you know that's sort of different 
and especially when there's other characteristics uh, that uh, um, that it has, you know. Um, so yeah. So what are the odds that this specific pin is some sort of a mimetic entity that's manifesting? What are the odds that it's a mimetic entity? Yes. That is a good question. The oldest reported sighting that I am aware of dates to the mid-90s. They have been reported by people in all walks of life. There have been stories about this thing from around the world. Uh, Even while the internet was still in its infancy, people were calling into radio shows about it, talking to authors and reporters about it. So it seems to me that there is something to it. Uh, as we know, the life cycle and virulence of memes has increased dramatically as internet right. adoption has, but this thing was firmly rooted even before we saw real uh, high-level internet adoption, I which mean, makes me inclined to believe that it might not be mimetic. Or, I, uh, I, count, I count the 90s within the, the envelope of uh, you know internet mimetic uh, Sort of, uh, yeah, yeah. Time span. I'm, 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 so, I'm sort of wondering, like, um, well, and I can understand why you might make that case, but to yeah. push back on it a little bit, uh, what I'm trying to articulate is that the sort of demographics who are experiencing this weren't the same ones who were chronically online, uh, in that time, right? Right, right, that makes sense, but, um, Okay, so uh, people see this guy on like all kinds of substances uh, and during sleep too, or? Well, so he's far and away most commonly cited as a symptom of advanced sleep paralysis. And this came to my attention as a topic worth talking about when it was then also memed about, uh, to your point, uh, in Benadryl abuse subreddits. Uh, what's the psychoactive chemical in that DPH or something? I believe. Let me check. Yeah. Right. So. So. Uh, just oh, it's from not like the... mm. People abuse the shit. People abuse yes, anything. Oh my god. People will abuse them. Let's let's yeah. let's get stoned on antihistamines. Wow. You uh, take one and it's really good for your allergies. You know, I keep sure. a yeah. thing of it in my drawer at work, actually, in my desk drawer at work. But uh you take three or you take five and allegedly I have literally never tried this, and I never will, but apparently you can get quite loopy on it. Yeah, confusion, bird vision, uh, headache and dizziness. Sounds like an awesome trip. Uh, yeah, it's apparently a pretty shitty one. Uh, so, so like the, oh my god, the the the, the physical require, requirements for seeing this guy has been here since forever. You know, since it's advanced sleep paralysis. You know, um, but the social idea of a hat hasn't been here since forever. And as such, like, I mean, the fact that he um, is only, like, accounted for since, like, the 90s does kind of 
you know imply that it it's more likely that it's a social phenomenon you know certainly yeah like i'm i could try to explain it by like okay the you're trying to process the idea of a human silhouette that isn't quite like a human silhouette you know because it's a hat <laughs> on it you know um so yeah i still lean probably heavily towards it being a real guy but um but um how, how recent it is does point yeah it, it, it's a it's a point towards uh it being a social thing now, far be it from me to understate the power of the human mind or to cast aspersions on just what our brains are capable of, but at the same time, we then, if we want to take that take, need to be able to grapple with the possibility, or the implications, rather, of the hat man having a distinct and active intelligence as opposed to the sort of uncontrolled, unguided mannerisms of shadow people. Right, yeah. You know, if it's just a meme that's grown out of a silhouette that we see when we're overtired or in a certain state of sleep, then how can it be intelligent? How can it menace people? And how can it interact with us? Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, in, in a way, uh, the idea that um, that part of your mind uh, sort of separates uh, and works like that is uh, just as terrifying as the idea that, like, uh, that it's like a real demon or something. You know, it's so your assertion being. That maybe it is somehow even scarier than a demon because it could just be an overactive shard of our consciousness pushing back at us. Well, yes, sort of. Like, I mean, I mean, at least if it's like uh, the ideal that you'd have, sort of like uh, ju- just like take the extreme of that, m- meaning the idea that there's multiple people living in your mind. That's sort of scary, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, the reason I asked if it was some sort of a mimetic entity is because there is a very specific difference between archetypes and, you know, mimetic entities or egregores. And that is that archetypes are essentially built in. For example, the snake is 100% deeply, deeply built into the human psyche and possibly even DNA. It's, it's so old. It's older than human beings and built into the way we process everything that when you encounter it in a, in a trip, it's, it's a very special and very distinct. Well, this thing sounds like it's new. So that's why I was wondering if it was a mimetic entity. So the more familiar something is in a, in a trip or a state, I think the more older it is. Well, the more alien it is, it's, uh, it means that it's either more repressed by our culture, because there are definitely some very repressed uh, archetypes in our culture, 
the snake being one of them, uh, especially in the last 2000 years, because before that it wasn't. Uh, but, or it's something new, which usually I think uh, the, the, the most likely candidate for new things is mimetic entities. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess that would make him more likely to be a memetic entity as opposed to an archetype, uh, since the accounts are fairly new. Well, so to be clear, I think he is the Hat Man is one hundred percent outside of the realm of archetype. That's certainly not Definitely. what's going on here. Yeah, the arguments mm-hmm. uh, that or discussion rather, because I would never argue with either of you. The <laughs> discussion that needs to be had is whether it is a literal demon or whether it is just a social priming, a conditioning to experience a meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I've, um, like, I mean, I I can't remember having uh, encountered him specifically, Uh, but um, sort of these... Sorts of that? beings are things that I've encountered, like uh, yeah, pretty much all my life um, in various states of you know uh, sleep, and uh, I've always sort of treated them like well, real demons. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> and and that is basically how I lean. I just. Um, sort of uh, wished it was different, you know? Certainly. Yeah, I mean, that I can understand. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, because, like, I mean, it's it's no fun, like... (laughs) And and, uh, if... If if, if you see it as sort of, like, experiencing, like, a scary movie, you know? Uh, No, I haven't actually listened to the uh, Slurp Gang episode, so maybe you're telling me um, Freddy Krueger is also a very real demon. I don't know. But let's assume he isn't, you know? Uh, so, um, le- if if you think of it as sort of like viewing a scary movie, then yeah, okay, sure, it's scary, but you're safe, you know? You're completely safe, you know? Yeah, but if you're viewing it as a real entity, then it's scary, and you don't quite know how safe you are. It's yeah. I mean, like we said in the beginning, if our understanding of how matter works is true, then psychic entities can't really affect it. So it's only dangerous. If you lack the mental constitution to, uh, I I don't know how you deal with something like that. I've never had sleep paralysis, but I have had, you know, various uh, anxiety disorders for the last 10 years. And usually what helps is breathing. And even McKenna suggests during trips, if you're having a bad one, to sing, specifically to oxygenate your brain. Uh, (laughs) So... Definitely look, look those steps up, uh, you know, breathing, especially, uh, you know, diaphragm breathing, meditation type breathing, and yeah. those sort of ideas. 
the way I've been dealing with my anxieties recently has been specifically to uh, look up techniques for activating, activating the vagus nerve. So in order to slow the heart rate down and activate the uh, autonomous nervous system in order to you know, use your body's built-in mechanisms for calm and rest uh, as opposed to the other side of the system, which activates your fight-or-flight response. And if you can train yourself to do that over weeks or months, um, you might find that these sorts of entities have much, much less power over you because just your nerv- nervous system is fortified right, yeah. to stress and, and, and I mean, stuff like that. And I mean, I've I've built up like... Um, Techniques of like avoiding uh, these uh, situations, right? And like and like, um, yeah, and but, uh, um, not course, having such a bad time, you know. Right. Like but, for for instance, um, it happens way way more if I'm cold or have an uncovered back, you know. So uh-huh. I just avoid both of those. Um, sure, sure. And yeah, so. Yeah, it's um, but you know, it's still you know really sucks when it happens. <laughs> I can only and, imagine. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's yeah. I can't deal with it, you know. It's uh, but it's just you know um, pretty scary, and I really don't like the idea that. Uh, that I'm not just taking huge precautions by treating them as uh, though they are real and malevolent spirits. Yeah, I mean, ultimately we don't know. Um, yeah, I'm guessing that they can't physically hurt you, but they can definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, scare the I shell mean, of I mean, you, which yeah, could physically yeah, hurt you. I I I I never think that they can physically hurt me. It's mm. and I'm not really that scared of being physically hurt in general. Uh, it's uh, more like being psychically hurt, spiritually hurt. You know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Which I mean is more. Is in a way even worse, you know. It's uh, being, yeah, um, yeah. It's better to lose your body than your soul, you know. <laughs> you so, may abandon your body, but you must never abandon your honor, as Musashi would say. Yes, <laughs> that is that is exactly right, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that. At a juncture like this, and after having addressed those concerns, it is important to remember what we discussed towards the beginning, that they can try to scare you and that they can try to lie to you. But ultimately, whether these things be memes or malevolent spirits, the result is the same in that they only have as much power over you as you allow them. And that is... Uh, not to say necessarily that that then means there is no threat, but that there is no amount of threat that you cannot effectively counteract yourself. As you said, with breathing techniques, as I might, in my predilections, suggest something like Psalm 23, 
or whether it be through sheer force of willpower, uh, mm. ultimately these things are powerless. Oh yeah, prayer definitely helps, uh, especially if it's uh, sort of the the rhythmic kinds in certain religions. Uh, you know, anything that comes and goes in a in a predictable, steady state. So. Uh, what were those uh, in English? Those uh, praying beads. What, what are they called? The rosary. Yeah, that it, it, those sort of tool, that's in, that's a very useful tool uh, as well. Even if you're not exactly praying, even if you're just moving it through your hand uh, slowly, mm. uh, you know, people have developed all sorts of techniques over the the millennia. Um, mm. You know, so even if you are a materialist, atheistic. Uh, you know, whatever, agnostic, uh, you can look for techniques to deal with uh, experiences that are maybe not exactly well explained or dealt with by modern, you know, psychiatric uh, medicine or stuff like that. Uh, mm. You know, you have options. Mm. And if you're crazy and want to go for, you know, the, the newest and greatest drugs, you better you better be fucking prepared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, uh, experiencing uh, something like uh, those things are one of the reasons why I'm not taking those drugs. It's uh, yeah. You know, far be it for me to tell anyone in my audience what to ingest and how to ingest it, but just as a sort of word of advice from a place of love. If doing whatever it is you like to do can cause you to see something of a questionable spiritual origin, maybe just reconsider. Yeah, my my advice is go for stuff that has long history of human use and has a very good safety profile. So mushrooms and TNT are fairly safe, as, as well as uh, acid, although acid is fairly new. Uh, mm. But always do your homework spend as long as you need to read uh, uh, how to do it safely and pay attention to set and setting. And obviously, like I said, prepare yourself mentally because you don't know what's going to happen. It's usually, at least for, in Mushroom's case, usually very gentle to beginners, but that's not necessarily the case if you have something weird going on in your brain. And if you're in a bad mental state, definitely do not. Um Calm yourself down somehow to some semi-stable state first. And definitely doing your homework is the most essential part. Read as much as you can. Know what you're doing. Um, and that's basically all I can say about it. Be safe, everybody. Yeah. Now, that's actually a good note for about where we're at here. Uh, there was more headway I wanted to make on the topic. There were more things I would have liked to have discussed, but we are at 50 minutes already, and that seems like an extremely natural end place uh, for now, perhaps to be continued. Uh, we will see at some point in the future. We will see where our journeys take us. But in the meantime, if there is anything that either of you would like to uh, plug or talk about or encourage before we wrap up here, Please feel free at this time. Well, yeah, I suppose like um, pff, 
Um, I got banned from Twitter for like the sec- second or third time. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I got a new at uh, Rothbardian two. You see, um, Rothbardian, Rothbardian zero, Rothbardian one, Rothbardian one S, and Rothbardian three were all taken by some asshole. So uh, that is where you can find me now. Uh, yeah, on Twitter. I don't really have anything to plug at this point. I'm just chilling at home, enjoying unemployment and uh, recovery from life. It's just been a rough couple of years. Hmm. I can certainly yeah. uh, concur with just this Just chilling. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thank you both so much. I have found this Thanks. enlightening. I'm glad that we were able to hash this out a little more thoroughly than Twitter threads will allow. <laughs> and I hope that the audience learned something, anything from this orphonic uh, endeavor. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. Or afternoon. See you. Bye-bye. Or morning. <laughs> yeah.